we bring in our medical correspondent, Dr. Mitch Shulman. Good morning. Good morning to you, sir, and to everyone listening. Okay, so there are all kinds of things that we say as a matter of routine, but they aren't necessarily supported by the facts. So is it true that people have heart attacks while shoveling snow? Without question. Um, and I know that there were a couple of unfortunate uh, deaths recently with the heavy snowfall locally, uh, and we see it every year. Basically what happens is, it's a huge amount of effort to shovel snow, whether it's the heavy snow, whether it's the light snow, it's still a huge amount of effort. And it's upper body work. What people may not realize, your legs are used to walking, but your upper body isn't used to shoveling. And so it's, aside from the risk to your back and to your shoulders and to everything else, it puts a huge strain on your heart. And people go out and they figure, oh, I can just do this, and they just do it. And uh, every year, every snowstorm we have a number of people present to the emergency room with chest pain or feeling lightheaded or breaking out into a cold sweat or extremely short of breath who end up having had a heart attack or uh, what we call angina which is damage to the heart but not a complete blockage not a complete heart attack and i think it's really important that people realize between the snow and the effort and the cold which also makes it tougher to work you need to Pace yourself, take it easy, do it slowly, take frequent rest breaks. Um, and if you do, unfortunately, develop signs of chest pain, shortness of breath, lightheadedness, break out into a cold sweat, you stop immediately what you're doing and you call 911 because you need to be seen, you need to be uh, taken perhaps to a hospital, but someone needs to take a look and see what's going on. Okay, uh, let's talk about another thing that could be an urban myth, or maybe it's entirely true. Man colds. Do <laughs> men actually experience the flu or a cold differently from women? I'm going to be really careful about this one. We know that there's differences in the immune systems between men and women. If you look at, for example, when COVID first struck, the likelihood of being admitted to the hospital, having a rougher course, and even dying was much higher in men than it was in women. So we do know that the male immune system does not respond in the same way as the female immune system. Now, whether that justifies a cold in two people, uh, one male, one female, and it being quote-unquote worse in the male, I don't know. I do know there's also social considerations here. I do know that there's all sorts of layers of other things going on often. Uh, but I will tell you there is truth to the fact that there is a difference in our two immune systems. And we do see that with infectious diseases, with autoimmune diseases. For example, autoimmune disease is much more likely to happen in a woman than in a man. Why? So there are differences. Maybe that's what causes the difference. And maybe a man cold where a male suffers more uh, from the same virus. Um, I don't know. And I'm certainly not going <laughs> to stick my nose in that one. But it is possible. Okay. On another file, I forget which celebrity it was, but somebody recently noted that they have separate bedrooms from their partner. And is that actually perhaps advantageous? It might be. That's tough. Um, look, it's tough for two people to sleep together, especially if one of them uh, snores or has restless leg syndrome or has other problems, wakes up oftentimes in the middle of the night. It's going to disrupt the sleep of the partner. And the question becomes, 
what's more important? Is it more important to have the two of you sleeping properly through the night? Uh, can you maintain your relationship without being in the same bed? Um, many civilizations, many communities, it's the norm. Uh, certainly, it's not necessary to sleep in the same bed as your partner. But again, there's so many different uh, cultural and sociological uh, layers to this that it's not just the simple, who, how can I get a much better night's sleep? We know how important sleep is. We know how important it is to get a good night's sleep. Uh, we know how uh, people can have in issues that interfere with their ability to sleep. And if it's just affecting you, maybe it should only affect you rather than your partner. That's something the two of you have to discuss. But certainly it's not abnormal. It's not weird. It's not dangerous. It's not psychologically harmful to sleep apart, especially especially if it's done after a conversation where the two of you agree that it's in everybody's best interest and it doesn't interfere with the other time that you spend together. Well, it certainly enjoys a level of luxury, though, because this assumes that anybody yeah. has two different bedrooms. Two different bedrooms. And that's the, the real problem is, right, uh, depending upon your living situation, it may not even be possible. Uh, there may not be a space for that. I will tell you, for many of us, as we get older, and these problems are the ones that tend to occur as you do get older by and large and have been together for a while by and large if the kids have moved out that's a, you know you have the option of of using one of their former bedrooms but yeah no space can be a real issue in this consideration thanks dr mitch good to have you always a pleasure you have a great day that's our medical correspondent the always affable dr mitch shulman